Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Good evening. It's another edition of the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I am your host, Dwayne Callender. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, we've got uh, Game 5 of the NLDS, so it's the last wildcard game remaining uh, for baseball. And we have a interesting Thursday night football matchup with the Eagles and Panthers uh, coming up. So, uh, once again, to that and... Also, we have another development in the saga known as as Zeke Turns. So, Ezekiel Elliott has been suspended once again by the NFL. Uh, the Court of Appeals has overturned the injunction that was previously in place in uh, Texas that allowed Ezekiel to play in the first couple of games this year. So the six-game suspension is now back in effect. And so that brings out a number of questions. A, uh, how long uh, is Zeke going to be truly out for this time? Because uh, the Cowboys and uh, LA are expected to uh, file another uh, uh, injunction uh, request, uh, this time in New York. And B, who would you actually, uh, would it actually take over uh, Zeke's uh, position in the Cowboys, uh, given what's uh, uh, transpired. So uh, you got a, a bit of, uh, uh, of a quandary going on. So in terms of uh, immediate fantasy impact, you have uh, the Cowboys backfield basically becoming a committee with, uh, so you're looking at Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris, uh, uh, right off the top of the head. Uh, they also have... Uh, uh, another uh, backup in Rod Smith. So, uh, you know, actually, if the Cowboys had gotten this news a little bit sooner, they may have even made a, a push to get a, a Adrian Peterson, uh, uh, considering uh, that Arizona only gave up a six-round pick. But, you know, timing is everything. So uh, now uh, it looks like Alfred Morris is likely to be the guy. But, oof. This, uh, this poses quite a bit of a challenge because obviously none of those guys are even comparable to what Zeke does. And given some of the struggles of the Cowboys offensive line uh, to start the year, uh, you've you've got a bit of an issue with a Dallas team that is, I mean, to be frank, struggling with uh, get, getting themselves uh, back into a groove. So, uh, really, you, you've got a wide open NFC East right now 
you know, except for the Giants, which I will get to sooner than later, but uh, we've got other stuff to talk about than the sorry state of affairs for the Giants. So, uh, right now, uh, from Fantasy Impact, obviously, if you're Ezekiel Elliott owner, you have to immediately shift course into figuring out who's going to be your replacement players uh, for the time being, uh, given that it's a suspension, not an injury. Uh, the IR spot in some fantasy leagues does not apply for suspension, so uh, you're just going to have to tender that roster spot uh, for the immediate future. Uh, you know, there's a possibility you could try to make a trade, but, you know, it's not exactly uh, an exact size of uh, who you're going to be able to bring in either. So uh, I kind of look at this as a situation where it, teams are going to have to uh, uh, make, uh, at least if they didn't make it, an adjustment in advance anticipating this, they're going to have to make a, a trade uh, elsewhere in their lineup to accommodate or uh you know, if face like get giving up a Zeke for peanuts at a, a deal, which I strongly recommend against. I, I would not move Zeke, even though you have the suspension. You know, this is always a possibility. So if you drafted Zeke, like I did in certain leagues, you just have to have contingency plans in, already in place with some of the running backs you grabbed. I mean, this is a time to take a look at. Uh, you know, if you if you got uh, a chance at. Uh, because sometimes uh, pe- people have not looked at Adrian Peterson. Uh, that's a, a couple of names to throw out. Uh, you can look at Dante Foreman on the Texans and hope that there's an injury to Lamar Miller. Uh, I mean, you know, Theo, the likes of Theo Riddick and uh, Amir Abdullah have been dropped in leagues. I mean, there are guys out there uh, that you can uh, take a look at. I mean, Wayne Gallman was starting to finally go in uh, stay, uh, in leagues uh, this week, but uh, there's still a chance that uh, he's available in certain areas. So, uh, like I said, uh, this is a abs- absolutely time that we, you're going to be kind of going through the waiver wire to figure out uh, other options if you don't have uh, an immediate uh, RB2 or flex uh, guy in place uh, to soften the blow of the suspension. So, uh, that's all for now regarding uh, the Ezekiel Elliott situation. It's a very fluid one, so uh, the expectation would be that there's a court filing next week uh, going over uh, uh, the latest uh, latest obstacle in the uh, courtroom drama. So uh, more on that to come. So working our way back to... Uh, the game tonight, uh, you've got uh, the Eagles traveling to Carolina. Carolina favored three and a half. Uh, you know, from a Thursday night football perspective, uh, this is a good matchup. Uh, the one thing I was cautioned against in terms of Thursday night football, though, is the fact that the scores typically are not uh, there, what you would normally expect out of certain matchups. Uh, I do like this from the standpoint of a couple of uh, guys, in particular Alshon Jeffrey. He's been struggling uh, quite often uh, with uh, the league uh, matchups this year just because it's been a very tight, <laughs> uh, tightly covered uh, uh, secondaries he's been going up against. And uh, he should get a little bit of a breeder against Carolina. Uh, the initial 
over underline on this was 46 and a half. It's dropped down quite a bit. Uh, I believe it's at 44 now. I still think that uh, this game ends up being under uh, just because teams don't seem to be as recovered on Thursday night. So I do think it's going to be an under type of performance. Uh, on the Carolina side, I know Ed Dixon was the hot pickup at the tight end spot uh, for a number of teams uh, looking for a boost in that position. Uh, I mean, in terms of guys you obviously would start, uh, I would put in Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz on uh, the Eagles. Uh, from the Carolina side, you know, Cam, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, Panthers defense, uh, just because they, they cause turnovers, they, you're pretty likely to get at least a turnover or two from uh, Wentz uh, tonight. Uh, like I said, uh, the blocking doesn't seem to be nearly as sharp uh, on the Thursday night football game, so I, I do expect to see some turnovers here. Uh, in terms of other matchups, I don't like uh, the Eagles running back situation. It's... It's all over the place, uh, to be honest. Uh, Smallwood should be out tonight again. Uh, I know people are liking LeGarrette Blunt in standard leagues. Uh, I wouldn't touch uh, Blunt at all if it was a PPR league, standard leagues. Uh, when you're touching out dependent, yeah, uh, Blunt can fall into the end zone, but I'm not counting on too much room just because of how stout Carolina's run defense is. The other issue is that uh, Clement has been picking up a number of carries in recent weeks, and uh, the workload just increased with uh, the Smallwood injury, so uh, Blount did not get uh, Blount did not get the uh, uh, full load of, uh, workload that many were expecting. So with Blount in a full uh, timeshare capacity at the running back spot, I just can't touch him. And on the Carolina side, the running back situation is just ineffective at best. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is approaching. Uh, in a couple of weeks, he's going to be approaching bus territory uh, in terms of a freshman year uh, in the league. And I know that's a, a bit hard just because we, we're only in week six. But if he doesn't kick it up a notch, like at least show some glimmer of a first-round pick. I mean, the fact that Leonard Fournette, is, it's, it's not a good look. And, I mean, Kareem Hunt taking over the league right now, I, like I said, it's – not really a good look because you've got so many guys doing well right now. And uh, McCaffrey seems to be kind of stuck in neutral. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is literally just there. I mean, th that's really all there is to it. So it seems as though the Carolina offense is trying to reinvent itself from having Cam run around so much. But that seems to have taken away from uh, the effectiveness of their actual running game. So, uh that's what I've got for the Thursday night games here. Uh, in terms of the baseball tonight, because I want to get into that uh, quickly, uh, because uh, the games are about, uh, about to start uh, tonight. So uh, we've got the uh, Nationals and the Cubs in game five. Scherzer's back on the mound for the Nationals. You got Kyle Hendricks with his old man junk on for the Cubs. Uh, you know, the metrics favor the Nationals here. And, you know, my opinion on this series is that, you know, from a probability standpoint, if you're going by the analytics, Washington should win this game. There's there's no really getting around it. But my 
my overall gut and just past history of just watching these teams tells me that the Cubs are going to win this game regardless of Scherzer being on the mound. The Nationals have, uh, throughout their history, found ways to muck up anything that looks promising. And the fact that Scherzer, uh, uh, the fact that Strasburg recovered from whatever case of anxiety he had uh, yesterday, because that story about the uh, respiratory mold issue just sounded like a cry for help uh, in terms of an anxiety attack. But, you know, it is what it is. He pitched last night. He was great. And now they they need another strong outing out of Scherzer to try to carry themselves into the uh, the NLCS against the Dodgers. Uh, you know, realistically, Nationals lineup should be able to get the job done uh, against Hendricks. They did not look good earlier on the series, but... My thing is, uh, you know, none of the time through, they should be able to see some more pitches. Uh, Murphy should be on uh, on top of the timing with this. Uh, Harper should be better equipped to adjust to some of what Hendricks does with the off-speed pitches and just keeping guys off balance. But realistically, the pressure's on the Nationals to get this thing done. They got the guy on the mound that the, the, they got the big money for. This is why you have... Uh, Strasburg and Scherzer paid as much as they are is to take care of business in games like this at home. So we'll see if the Cubs can hang on and uh, actually uh, ex- extend their postseason uh, streak, uh, uh, postseason run. But, you know, from a number standpoint, this favors Washington. And I expect it to be a low scoring game. Uh, I expect it to be. Uh, 4-3 type of game, nail-biter. But, you know, I just have a gut feeling that the Cubs are going to manage to uh, uh, eke something out here and uh, pick up the W. Uh, but uh, th- that's that's where I kind of look, uh, look at the game here. Uh, from an overall standpoint of how the Yankees game last night took effect, you know, basically... Yankees just had a brilliant performance out of uh, Didi Gregorius. I, I looked at some of the pitches he hit out from Kluber. I was expecting uh, Kluber to throw the inside slider. I just did not expect uh, Gregorius to react as quickly to get the bat head out to just uh, pull it outside the park. I, I mean, I mean that, that thing was a rocket. So, you know, credit to the Yankees. Uh once again, for having a resiliency and picking up uh, Joe Girardi's uh, blunder for Game Two, uh, they talked about it quite extensively. So uh, it, you know, it really it does seem to be a genuine team effort to uh, kind of bail out the manager there. But uh, in terms of the overall matchup going into the next round against Houston, I, you know, and uh, I could be called pessimistic, but uh, you know the. The fact that I look at this and I say I do not like the Yankees' chances whatsoever uh, against the Astros. The reason being is that the Astros lineup is so deep that even if you uh, uh, go into the bullpen, I think they wear out the Yankees' bullpen eventually. So unless you're getting quality starts out of the likes of... You need Sonny Gray to show up. You need... uh, uh, Tanaka to pitch well on the road. So Tanaka gets the 
uh, ball tomorrow night uh, in game one, he's he's got to give the Yankees uh, six to seven quality innings. So three runs or less. Uh, he cannot give up uh, any more than that. Otherwise, the game's over. You have to basically put uh, Houston in a tight spot and get – I mean, obviously, you're going to put up runs against Houston. Verlander's not, uh, not going to be an easy uh, go of it for uh, game one. So you're you're hoping to get uh, four runs. Not necessarily against uh, Verlander, but if you can get to a four or five run uh, spurt uh, by the time you hit the seventh inning, that gets you uh, a potential split in game one, uh, uh, at least uh, for the home half. If you're waiting until game two... Yeah, you can get to uh, Houston's uh, uh, rest of Houston's pitching staff, but I, I just think this is a series where the Yankees actually need to j- get out to a good start early and you know rough up Verlander because I think the longer this series goes, the harder it is for the Yankees to actually win it. Uh, the Yankees, to me, have to be kind of front runners in this series, put the pressure on Houston, have them doubting themselves. Uh, rather than having this stretch out into a longer series, because I just don't think the Yankees are going to have enough bullets in the bullpen to stay fresh with Houston's uh, lineup wearing out uh, teams, because uh, that's what happened to the Red Sox uh, eventually, was uh, they, they got worn down, and I think the Yankees are very susceptible to that happening too, considering that they just went five against the Indians. All right, so that's what I have for now. I have my own review of the week that was in the NFL in week five and also the Giants debacle that is ongoing. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll temper that uh, for a later time uh, because uh, I do want to start watching uh, the games right now. So uh, that's all for now. And uh, you can uh, listen to my fantasy advice session with uh, my buddy Cam uh, quickly, and that will uh, close out this edition of the podcast. So good night, everybody. All right, Cam, you are officially on the podcast. What's your fantasy question? Obviously, we have to center out most of what you just said, but uh, what is your actual fantasy question? Okay, so let's let's start parsing through this. All right, Alshon is a definite uh, start, and I would also put uh, Funches in uh, for start as well. I don't like the Eagles secondary uh, on that side. So, uh, so we got two wide receivers. Devontae Adams is also one where you have to start regardless of how good the Vikings uh, secondary is. Uh, I think the secondary will be concentrated on Jordy Nelson anyway. So I still think you would have opportunities with uh, Devante uh, in your lineup. So my receiving class right now is Julio Devante and 
Jeffrey. So I guess I'm leaving Funches on the bench. Wait, is it a two wide receiver or a three wide receiver league? Well, it's a it's a two with a flex. My I have Julio, Devontae, and Alshon. I got to play two out of three, or I can play all three. My running backs, nah nah. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would see who else. I mean, yeah, Funches is the odd man out. Uh, I would just double check on the uh, running back situation because you had uh, you you mentioned AP, which I I think it's a hold. I have Melvin Gordon, Marshawn, and AP, so I'm gonna start Melvin and Marshawn. Well, because you have to start two running backs, right? Yeah, no, you. Yeah, I wouldn't go with AP at all. So that's why I would say uh, Funches. Uh, Funches ends up being the odd man out, and uh, AP is definitely on the bench. Damn. So we're going Devontae, Alshon, all that shit, we. Yep. Dang, dude. Too bad for your Yankees. I'm pretty mad that they won. You know. Put this on the podcast too, because I hate them. The Yankees. Had a hard-fought victory, Cam. You can't take it away from them. I'm taking it away. Um, that last strike was BS. It crossed the strike zone. He didn't it... catch it. Okay, he didn't catch it, but technically he ran outside the batter's box, so he didn't even need to be tagged out. So there you go, Cam. <laughs> Anything, dude. It counts as an out, dude. I don't believe it. And technically, Todd Frazier was trying to grab the ball from Gary Sanchez to tag the runner out anyway, but they were still busy celebrating, and Cleveland walked off the field, so he would have been outside the baseline. So, game over. Whatever, D-Money. I'm tired of it. Well, I appreciate you getting on that podcast and getting going, boy. Good luck to you, sir. most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. 
Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll, I'll take Giselle, okay? <laughs> is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.